Hello everyone! Welcome yet again to Contact Lost, the Polish English-speaking Warhammer 40k competitive podcast or the podcast about competitive Warhammer 40k both in Poland and abroad. And yet again, we are focusing on the abroad part today because we are prepping for the LGT. Uh, as you hopefully already know, we are doing the series as a sort of a lead-up to the LGT, so we also want to highlight the fact that it's the seventh edition of the tournament. So the series that we are doing now is called the LGT's Lucky Seven. Uh, and we invite Warhammer celebrities, top players, professionals, etc., etc., who are going to play in the Invitational and in the main event to talk about the game, to talk about their top seven of something. Usually I pitch an idea to my guests. They can choose a topic of their own, their own top seven of something uh, that best suits their interests, needs, whatever, and then we discuss it for about an hour, hour and a half. Uh, today, I mean, you've seen the banner already, so you know who the guests might be, but uh, it's my obligation as the host, Tweak, to um, actually introduce my guests. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, today I have two amazing guests. One is an absolute monster uh, of the UKTC scene. Uh, he's the winner of multiple GTs, able to pilot pretty much every single army out there, every single army archetype. And the other one is Manishima. Welcome, guys. <laughs> hey, hey, hello, everyone. Ed the Beast. The Beast. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see the reaction to that. No, uh, two esteemed guests, two monsters of the UKTC scene. Uh, Mani, part of the um, English WTC team. Uh, I guess, can be summed up with one expression that I heard somewhere. Uh, I don't know who said it, but it is a quote. So, Manny, uh, excuse me uh, for <laughs> saying that. But I found it in a forum once. Manny Chima is to 40K what the Space Marines are to GW. Uh, would you agree with that? <laughs> Reliable. Reliable. We'll always be there. We'll always be never, there. never nerfed too much. Um, always with a strong codex. Uh, and Ed, again, um, I've seen that you came second in uh, Southampton, I think, oh, in March. With Yeah, it was third. But, uh, yeah. second. I meant third, yeah. So uh, third <laughs> in, in, in the... And that was with World Eaters, I think. So Yeah, Manny had to stop my uh, winning path. I, you know, yeah, yeah. It, so, someone had to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But still, not a, not a small feat. And then uh, multiple GTs under your belt with different armies. So I guess I have to probably... Well, some of the strongest players in the UKTC right now, if not the strongest. And you both uh, play for the Glasshammer team or Glasshammer Gaming. So maybe let's start with a little bit about that. What is Glasshammer Gaming? And uh, I don't know, can anyone join it or or join the team? Yeah, so um, we like to be a bit more, we're kind of a bit more of like a, a gaming community than just like a 40k team. So um, like Glasshammer Gaming is, um, it's our company basically. Um, we have a store, uh, we also run tournaments and we have a 40k team. So it's like quite a few things all together, but we have, um, you know, we have people that play all sorts of different games that come along to the store and stuff. So, you know, Team Glasshammer is just for anybody that want that, you know, is a part of our community and enjoys playing with us. And any elite member is welcome to join as well. Like all the elite members, we have like a community on Discord and we all talk to each other in there. So um, yeah, anyone that's a part of the community is welcome to join the team kind of thing. We're a little bit more open like that. Um, 
but then like when we go to events uh we do have like a, t a team glass hammer that we send to events which is of course like the core of our team so that's like me uh, ed and then it's dan david and magic so there's like five of us that play david and magic uh from poland and then uh, me ed and dan and yeah that's that's kind of like our team we like we say we're a bit more of like a community because we have like there are another like 40 50 people that when they go to events they put team glass hammer as their name uh which we're really appreciative of it and that's all like our elite members and everybody that supports the channel which is really nice to see that's quite cool that we've grown a bit of a community there and some following but um yeah i mean ed is the newest member of uh team glass hammer and he's been absolutely absolutely you know smashing it lately destroying gts getting into you know top cuts and stuff like that he's doing really really well i think ed's gonna be uh to quote malik and zach they uh were did a podcast episode on serial winners and i think uh ed is uh in that space when he he's going to become a future serial winner in my opinion yeah that's beautifully summed up ed uh be before i i you know pass the mic to you uh i just wanted to say or ask maybe have you ever googled your name because i have while prepping for this event and if you google ed watts 40k there is a plethora of results but the first one actually says space wolves versus eldari warhammer 40,000 battle report we have ed <laughs> yeah. watts from savvy I, I don't know if i'm pronouncing that right submariners <laughs> yeah. so tell us about that and then manny mentioned that you are the newest addition to the Glasshammer family so how did that happen yeah, so we used to have a team called Savvy Submariners, and uh, we, there was a there was a, s s a small group, a small team. We used to play play out of Glass Hammer, and uh, we had a really good group of lads around us. Uh, we had a lot of fun. It was it was more like it was wasn't we were playing competitively. We were still learning the game. Like it's basically where I started my 40k journey, as it were. Um, and I, we used to, when I first got into you know, because me and Manny have actually played a long time ago. Like bef like before I've got into the competitive scene, we used to play back in the, the Wolverhampton Games Workshop, like. When, we, when I was younger, um, but um, but yeah, so but, but, but I started going to back to Glasshammer, started getting to 40k team, met Manny again, met, met Dan, and um, and then they obviously did battle reports and used to do like the Thursday night live or uh, the Thursday night fights, was it or something like that? And um, and yeah, they invited me on a couple of battle reports. So that Eldari Space Wolf one is when Dan was playing the Space Wolves, <laughs> and he he did not like playing those Space Wolves, <laughs> but I'm very much enjoyed playing the Eldar. Uh, but I have a Google my name. Um, not really, no. I, 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 it's still, I still, I'm still, I still think I'm relatively. I don't, it's still, I, I, I don't, I didn't know how. I, I just don't think I'm very well known in the community yet. Um, but, um, but I didn't think I was. Um, but yeah, it, it's going pretty well though. It's going pretty well. I, I, I just, I keep, I just need to keep playing games. Need to keep, you know, um, getting better. And um, yeah, so I've, I've been, I've been enjoying myself in Glasshammer, newest recruit. Uh, just having to keep winning, just have to keep winning stuff, and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean gunhammer is doing quite a good job of you know putting your name in the spotlight so um oh, cool. I, if, if you if you continue like this then you're going to be like a staple of their articles i guess oh, um <laughs> yeah so gents uh i have invited you to uh well hype up glgt a little bit so maybe we could start with that and we will go to the top seven of your choosing which again people could see on the banner but uh yeah, we will explain in a moment what that is. But let's start with your LGT history, if 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 that is the right word. So maybe Ed, I'll start with you this time. Uh, which edition is it going to be for you, and what are your ambitions? Is it just to have fun, or actually to you know, top three, top one? 
goals goals always to have fun goals always to have fun but i think i'm going to try and get the top five i don't know if i top but top cut if I, if I get if i get my five and oh that's that's like uh, that's, that's a goal i'm going to try and get um but it's it's a very tricksy meta right now it's like it's rock paper scissors everywhere like i could take this i could take this but then this counters it I could take this and this counters it. it it's a sign of a really healthy meta but it's it's stressful <laughs> yeah so I, I think i think it's very much so it's going to be commit to an army have fun with it try and play it the best i can if if a bad matchup happens against the right player it's not going to happen but mm-hmm. i can try my best and make it happen in the meantime all right. Yeah, fingers crossed. And then, Manny, same question to you, but maybe with a little, little bit of a flavor after the WTC. I, I knew you were there. We spoke over there and so on. Uh, you came to the WTC, so a, a team event with Eldar. Uh, I think that a team event has that sort of different nature than singles because you can take a particular army and count on the fact that your captain or your whoever is responsible for the pairings is going to sort of, you know... Uh, uh, navigate through the unfavorable pairings to the one that you want to get. At the singles event, that is probably not the case. So are you planning to bring an army that is like a take all comers or are you building a skew list like you are known for? What's so, the plan? Yeah, so um, this is, um, I think, the f- fourth LGT for me, third one or fourth one. <clears throat> I believe it's number four. Um, and yeah, you're, you're totally right the wtc is because you're in a you know a team format and because it's such a big team as well eight man if you have the kind of army that has one maybe two bad matchups like you say you can try to avoid those navigate so that you you miss those bad pairings so my like my style of list which is kind of like the skew that you Mm -hmm. know everyone knows me for um it works a lot better in a team environment the skew because when you skew harder you kind of the number of good matchups you have increases so you you're very good against a lot of different things at that point but mm-hmm. you have one or two really hard counters hard counters yeah now in an eight man teams that's not bad because you can pretty much guarantee to avoid those one or two pairings as long as you know which ones are bad for you mm-hmm. um and then you'll be great into the rest so the team environment suits me quite a bit more than just singles so however in singles like you say i i am quite good at adapting Uh, that is one of my strengths i would say i can adapt very quickly to a changing meta like i i think i'm one of the people that like just if i want to i will just go okay i'm going to shift to this army and go and buy 300 models and i'll get them ready in a week and I'll, i'll go you know and um you know i've had david for that in the past and he's been very very good for it uh but david now sponsors the channel cheeky little plug for david david paints <laughs> go check out his instagram guys very very Absolutely. good um but now he's like he's a sponsor of the channel um so i'm working quite a little bit more on doing my own stuff i'm trying to get better i don't know if you've seen my pictures of trying to get the bases ready for the cultists and all of that kind of stuff but trying to put in the work myself but i think very good at adapting to like a changing meta and of course like you say in singles it is completely different to teams you do have to bring an army which you think is a bit more all comers because you can't go into a singles event and go oh, i've got th- i'm really good against these 20 factions but i have three hard counters but i'll do it anyway mm-hmm. you can't do that unless your counters are armies that you don't think are going to be seen so, for example, if my hardest counters were Drakari and Admech, 
I'd be like, yeah, no problem. I'll take this list mm-hmm. because I can play all the things that we're going to see really likely. Maybe there's three or four Drakari players out of like the 600 or something. And at that point, you're like, yeah, cool. I'll take that list. But if some of your bad matchups are in the more popular factions, um, then then you've got to think about it a little bit more. So it's not just about bringing all comers. I think you can skew a little bit, but if it's to deal with the top factions rather than all factions. Because that's how I kind of try to think about it. Because as well, you've got to think about it's an 800-player event. Say say it's going to be like 800. I know they're saying mm-hmm. it's one of the it's, it's like the biggest singles event at the moment. If it is 800, after round one there'll be 400 people undefeated. Then after round two there'll still be 200. So when you're playing in round three, you're still playing one out of 200 players. So the chances that you hit a, a player who's one of the 20 or 30 that have the potential to win the whole thing is still very low. Even game four in the morning, you're playing one out of 100 undefeated players. So I think you would still be, the odds are that you don't play someone who's going to win the event, like in round four as well. So the first time that you've got a good chance of playing someone that's a strong candidate to win is round five. Mm -hmm. So you're going to go through the first four rounds, you know, playing like just your average tournament goer. And then when you get to round five plus, that's when you're going to play somebody who's likely to win the tournament or something like that. So I kind of, what I try to do now is I try to build a list where it can play the top factions. So when I get to the tougher opponents later on, I can be prepared for them. But in the earlier rounds, I try to rely a little bit more on player skill to get me through, even if maybe I hit a matchup that's not so favorable for me, but it's one of the weaker factions. Maybe uh, an element of player skill can be used and, you know, have a few tricks up my sleeve to kind of get me into the game in those matchups. So that's how I try to see an event the size of LGT for it's more about longevity than like just hitting hard against a few different factions. All right, Ed, how about you? I mean, again, the newest addition to to Team Glasshammer. Listening to Manny, it seems that he puts like a ton of thought into even you know what's what's happening before the event, what the event event is going to look like round after one round, what's going to happen, and so on. So, d- did you are you absorbing this sort of way of thinking from Glasshammer Gaming, or are is your preparation different, and do you have a different mindset going into the event? To be honest, I think one of the reasons why me and Manny go on quite well, and especially leading up to tournaments and stuff, we both have a similar mindset. We both look at it. We both try to find all of the different ways we can try and play the top armies and have as many as as little, you know, hard counters as we possibly can. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I I my thought process is I try and test a lot. I just try and I, I'll, I'll test anything. I, there'll be something that looks on paper. I'm like, I'm not sure if that'll work, but we'll, we'll try it out. And I'll try it out, and I'm like, okay, that doesn't work. Let's try something else. And it'll just be a rotation and at some point i'll hit gold and i'm like ah brilliant this works i can play let's say the top three arms at the minute are necrons eldar and csm uh, probably or uh, dark angels as well they're pretty equivalent it's just if i can if i can play if i can give all of them a game then i'm like okay fine uh, if i hit if, if i hit like you know if i have a bad match of like a really obscure list then i'm like okay uh, if, if if i hit it then it has to be, it still has to be a good player to you know beat me with that list uh, and they still have to play it right then it's fine. The issue is, is like if you've got if you skew into a list and the and your hard counter doesn't require much um, um, skill to beat you. Like if it's, if it's a pure output list and all I have to do mm-hmm. is walk forward and kill you. You know, it's it's 
it's it, that's where the hard counters come in. So it's it's more the fact that if, if it's an obscure list where they have to play it right to beat me, I'm okay with that. If it's just they walk forward, shoot, and I die, then I'm I'm not a fan. So it's so those, those are the way that's that's the way I try and see that's why that's why I try and weigh up my my counters to, um, you know, if I've got a counter, but again, it's like really hard. It's still hard for them to beat me, or if they need to know how to play it, mm-hmm. then I don't feel as bad. So that's All my right. thought process for approaching into um, LGT. I don't know if it's going to work, but we're trying our best. So <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll be yeah, there to report yeah. on it, whichever way it goes. Uh, so a question to you both, uh, coming closer now or nearing the the topic that you have chosen yourselves, because you decided to go with top seven melee units in 40k going into the LGT, which I found interesting, and I already have a bunch of questions around that. First one is. Does that mean that the armies that you are going to bring actually involve some melee threats that uh, have the potential to actually be a threat to the boogeymen out there, Eldari, Necrons, what have you in the third place? Um, are you counting on actually maybe beating the meta with melee units? If you can reveal that. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, t- to be honest, I've got to be completely honest here. The reason why I picked this topic, well, me and Ed picked this topic, is because the both of us just love combat units. We yeah, we, we, we both <laughs> okay. love melee a lot more than we love shooting. Um, right. There is there is I no think, like second bottom behind this. <laughs> no, no. I, I think every everybody that knows me as well knows that I love combat a lot more than I like shooting. Which is why you know I, I was a little bit disappointed that this edition, all the combat units, got hit. So I think everybody could see how destroyed I was that I've just had a I have had a whole. 3,500 point army of world eaters painted beautifully by David, like beautifully, not just like tabletop standard, like the majority of my armies are, but he's painted them extremely well. Um, and yeah, they kind of were unusable before the data slate. <laughs> so um, that's uh, that's one of the reasons we, we just love combat. But also, yeah, for sure. I think some of the units we're going to talk about are prevalent in some of the top meta armies. So there's a small caveat to this. It's not just, because we thought it'd be a little bit boring, to just do the seven best combat units in the game, mm-hmm. period. Like So it's not just about brute force. We've decided to go with the seven, seven of the best combat units that you're likely to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, 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 loving, I'm loving the fact that all, all the guests that I invite actually spend some time to prepare it and did you have the call that you were planning earlier today yes to yes we did yeah i mean wow mind blown like usually <laughs> people people just come to to you know to those interviews like happy go lucky and we just uh, answer some questions but here no matter if it's david gaylord nasim yourselves everyone puts in some preparation which is mind-blowing and i'm really happy and thank you for that so, <laughs> not a problem at all mate thank you very much for having us on you know i think yeah. you're doing a great job of you know growing the community as well which i think that's what it's all thank about you. it's all about growing the the 40k community right and likewise i mean you, you know you are the, uh, the the heroes of the hobby so um but enough of that sugar let's get to the nitty-gritty uh of <laughs> yeah. so yeah i'm really bad at taking compliments as you can tell um so top seven combat units that are likely to be seen at the LGT. Yeah, do you have them like in any specific yeah. order? Yeah, or do we so them... I'm going to hop straight in there. I think um, for me, personally, my favorite one, and in my opinion, the best one, is Abaddon plus Squad. 
whichever squad it might whichever be. Squad it is. <laughs> I think, um, and a, a little bit of it, yes, tweet, like you said, some of it we are bringing. Like, um, I think it, it's no secret now, uh, two of the units I'm going to talk about are in my invitational list. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm bringing Chaos Space Marines to the invitational. I, I'm not sure about the main event. Don't know what I'm going to bring to the main event yet. Unfortunately, it might just have to be Eldar. <laughs> Because uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. So, Abaddon plus Squad. I think both versions are great. I know there's uh, players out there like uh, Anthony Vanella and Chris Kinnair who have had great success with um, the Terminator Brick plus Abaddon. Mm -hmm. uh, that is the most hard-hitting unit, I think. Um, that's the most hard-hitting way of playing it as well. Um, but I found in combat that quite a lot of the time, just Abaddon himself, when he goes into something, he either like absolutely wipes it out or he leaves a couple of, you know, a couple of wounds on the thing that he's just fought. And at that point, you don't really need 10 Terminators with him to kill it. So I think 10 Terminators and Abaddon just destroy pretty much, pretty much any unit in the game. Yeah. But like you'll see from my invitational list, my unit's quite a lot cheaper than that. My unit's more than 200 points cheaper than that because I've taken 10 legionaries with Abaddon. Now, they also hit very hard when, you know, you pile the buffs on. So I'm just going to explain a little bit about that. So Abaddon's unit gets every mark of every Chaos God, which is mm -hmm. the strength of it, really, because Abaddon has all of the marks. So, and they transfer to the squad. So... You can what what you can do with him is you can be a lot more out there with his squad than you can with most of the squads in the game, and by that I mean you can push him forward out into the open, as long as nobody can get within twelve inches of his squad, or only a couple of things can get within twelve inches of his squad, and you can use the Nurgle stratagem to make his unit untargetable from range attacks. Then the following turn you can use the Sanesh stratagem, which allows his squad to advance and charge. And then when you're in combat, see, he, he, it's because he combats, combos all of them. So you use the Nurgle to not get shot when you're in a good place. Then you use the Sanesh to advance and charge. And then you use the Undivided Strat in combat to do as much damage as possible. Yeah, he's such but, an incredible force multiplier. It's, yes. It's, yeah, beyond and you can pick and choose all the best bits. So what, by that, I mean, when you get into combat, you can choose to be Sanesh for your Dark Pact, which means you have exploding fives to hit. And then the undivided strat you can use, which gives you full rerolls to hit and wound for one CP. Now, Abaddon, when he's hitting on twos with exploding fives, the math actually works better. You should roll all of his hits, then all of the fives and sixes keep them and reroll everything else, even the successful hits. Because mm -hmm. the I think by average, his eight attacks should get 12 hits. Now, when you've got 12 hits on a unit and you're like strength 12 or 14 it is, with full rerolls to wound, devastating wounds, AP4, flat three, you're going to nuke most things in the game. And then you've got a whole squad with you that are also exploding fives, full rerolls to hit, full rerolls to wound. They, in my opinion, that is, that's number one spot, I think. Out of the yeah, I, I played two games against that. One against a list very similar to yours. Uh, and then another one against uh, just ordinary Chaos Space Marines more shooty than than combaty, uh, but that was on TTS, and and I felt like it's impossible that the same happens on the real table. Like TTS, this dice randomizer 
is, you know, screwing with me. I, I don't believe it. But then I went to a tournament to an RTTV locally and I saw the same thing happen on the table <laughs> during a tournament. And I was like, Abaddon is broken. <laughs> He's like, you're broken. Yeah. There's so, so much hard. power in him for those points. Wow. I mean, I'm jealous. Uh, Ed, what's your take on him? Like, do, I don't know if you played him, but definitely you must have played against him. And how did that feel? I've certainly played against him. Certainly played against him. So the thing is, the Abaddon and um, normally the Terminator Brick, those are the ones that I've had experience with. Because uh, obviously I've been play- using my Grey Knights quite a lot here and there. Um, they are such a pain in such a pain. There's a certain way I can describe them. It just stopped it, having that Terminator brick in Abaddon really stops you from being able to put, like push into them. Really, like having like, it's the fact that Abaddon, Abaddon's an animal on his own, and you can't really commit anything to him because he, you know, you've got you got probably got to like you know the normal list, the like like Chris's um, uh, WTC list. You have got like Forge Fiends, you've got Predators, you've got like Ted Obliterators, like and they can and they're going to shoot you out of line of sight. So it's one of those lists that you want to push into but you're gonna to have to take an abaddon on the way in and you can't you won't be able to shoot abaddon too much because it's you know the nurgle strat and his threat range is quite high because of the advance and charge so that's why you see a lot of tech nowadays like a, a night spinner it's like minus two move no advance is is but then the heat can nurgle strat but then you can shoot obliterators instead it's like there's, there's multiple ways you can play that game uh but eldar have a game into the csa but it's great i've been using a lot of great nights recently and i've been struggling into them um it's just because that Grey Knight damage, not that impressive anyway. You can, you, you, your idea is you want to be playing around, playing around using your vortexes and stuff like that. Um, but this, the problem is that army doesn't have to get within nine of you to do damage. It's like because the Mist of Demos is one of the most powerful parts of Grey Knights, but the Abaddon unit just goes, cool, that's fine. I'm going to sit on the middle objective. You can charge me, but I'll just kill anything you charge me with, and I'm not going to die to your shooting. <laughs> so it's a, it's a really, really powerful brick. Really, really powerful brick. Yeah. Uh, so maybe. To make this uh, this this video more useful to people who might be playing against Abaddon plus unit uh, at, at at any event, is there any reliable way to actually counter them, like in any army specifically, or just in general? Is there anything that you can do, be it move blocking or I don't know um, precision, you name it. So this is what this is one of the things where again. The a reason why I think Abaddon Squad is up there in like number one spot for me personally is the best way to counter him is with combat, and I think that itself makes his unit so high on the rankings because, like we say, there aren't very many good combat units in the game. It is a shooting addition. Yeah. So when you're going up against all these shooting armies. And you've got this brick of Terminators that can't be shot outside of 12 inches. It makes it insanely hard to deal with him. So that's mm-hmm. another reason why he's right up there. But there are ways. If you have fast-moving units that have flat three damage, there aren't very many of them in the game. But Eldar, again, have Shadow Spectres. And a lot of people are taking a unit of like 10 Shadow Spectres to deal with Hordes. Um, I personally don't think that's that effective. I think units of five are better. But if people are going towards this unit of 10 for horde clearance that unit if you put them kind of like a little bit forward towards the front of your ruins when abaddon's unit moves forward to a good spot shadow specters also move 12. so if you can move 12 and be within 12 of abaddon squad which is quite doable for a lot of things i mean that unit is strength six they wound abaddon's unit on threes 
then they are minus two and they are flat three damage. Every failed save does kill a Terminator. Something like that would be quite good. Mm-hmm. But I think the more reliable way of doing it is a good combat character. So if you have something, you know, like um, the Solitaire, for example, that can blitz, get right into the squad and then precision out Abaddon. That is probably the most reliable way of taking out something like Abaddon. Um, but then, of course, it is it is dangerous. Again, on the flip side, you move something like the Solitaire in front of Abaddon's unit. And when they overwatch, because they dark packed, they're exploding sixes. They'll kill a bloody Solitaire on the overwatch. So it is quite difficult to deal with that unit. So I would say a fast-moving shooting unit or something that can charge and precision out Abaddon. Though that yeah. For me, that is that is the best way of taking Abaddon out. Um, or something that has always fights first that you can put in a good spot on an objective. Yeah. So you can go, right, Abaddon's unit is very expensive. We probably want Abaddon charging somewhere near the middle of the board. So here's my awesome unit that's really good in combat. I'm going to put them on the middle objective because they have always fights first. So Abaddon can come and charge me, but I'll fight first and pick up the majority of his squad. So those are the main ways, I think, to deal with Abaddon's unit. Okay. Uh, Do you guys believe that there is any matchup that you two haven't tested yet with Abaddon? Like, I don't know, the recent, let's call them new kids on the block uh, after the data slates of Tau, for example. Have you played, have you play tested a lot into Tau, and do you know how Chaos Space Marines fare against the the a gun line like Tau? Yeah, so I've um I have played against Tau uh, with the CSM, with the more traditional CSM, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Triple Forge Fiend, the Terminator Brick with Abaddon, and two units of four Obliterators, and um, I think they fare really well into Tau, actually. To be honest with you, I mean. The suit unit, if uh, if one of the suit units can move 18 and see Abaddon's unit, uh, that is a great counter. Like I said, mm-hmm. a fast-moving, efficient shooting unit. That the units Just with the, mm-hmm. yeah the units with the battle suit, uh, the commander, they can move the cold star. I think it is the battle suit with the cold star. They can move 18 and then shoot and then move 12 away. That kind of unit will nuke Abaddon's unit. Um, but you have other things like obliterators hurt suits a lot. Forge fiends are great into suits. So if your opponent tries to use more than one unit of suits at the same time, they're going to get hit very hard. And of course, the obliterators can shoot out of line of sight with flat four damage. And if they get close enough, flat six. So they start one-shotting suits. Um, So I actually think that's a game which is in the CSM favor. Um, But the Tau definitely do have a game into it and can deal with Abaddon's unit. All right. Okay. Ed, do you want to go with the number two? Because I think we've said enough about Abaddon. There is no question about yes. his force multiplying <laughs> application. So, uh, yeah, go ahead with your number two. Sure, Cat. This is a pick from uh, this is a pick that I've been using recently, and I, I absolutely love this unit. It's the Primaris Crusaders. Now, these guys come in units of twenty. They're from the Black Templars. Go Templars! Oh, they're, so, they're so cool. Uh, like, they, oh, I'm I'm a big fan of this unit. So, uh, you get basically you get ten initiatives, basically like the scalp. Uh, Templar guys, and you've got 10 normal Space Marines, right? And uh, they've just produced so many attacks because obviously, you, if you take um, uh, accept all challenges, um, no respite, or well, it's basically what the last ability that they have, it gives the entire army sustain hits. Um, and the combo is basically Hellbrecht in the unit. So Hellbrecht mm-hmm. goes in the unit, 
and that everything has exploded sixes and it gives critical hits on fives and now with oath of moment and 20 dudes with four attacks each and then you can just strap for an extra ap and strength um and and hellbreak gives an extra strength i believe as well it makes them strength six ap2 and because there's like 20 of them if you can connect with like you know if you can connect with all 20 that's 80 attacks hitting on threes strength six full rerolls i think you've got like three power fists in the unit as well and a thunder hammer on the, on the sergeant it's it's super effective and grimaldus is just an animal so if you've got like that unit we were talking about counters for abaddon let's say if you've got that unit to connect with abaddon's unit like uh, rather than doing the extra strength you probably just do um epic challenge and get grimaldus to you know uh, fight at abaddon uh, that would be really really good uh but it, it, it's just the amount of attacks they they throw out it's it's and it's fact it's ap2 strength strength five or six um and then another application with these crusaders is grimaldus so grimaldus in this command phase is to choose an ability he can fall back um a charge or about to charge uh he can give a five fill in the pain or he can give an extra ap uh, now, having a five at Filner Pain on 20 Marines that can Armor of Contempt is super powerful. Um, so it's really good. And another application I've seen with these, so basically you get, to, if, if you want to go for this, the surviving, you want to do, you know, you, you want to do your cleanse, you want to do deploy tail behind you want to move forward and do that stuff. You can take 80 of them, let's say, um, and two bricks of 20 can get a five at Filner Pain because you've got an enhancement in the, in, uh, the, in the index called mm -hmm. Taniasa's Bones. So you put like a Judicar in a Primaris Crusader unit with Taniasa's Bones, um, and it gives the unit fight first. So you can, so against combat armors, you can use them aggressively. You can use them on, on objective, effort, charge them, it's fine. It's 20 models with, again, all of those attacks. Uh, don't hit as hard as um, Hellbreak's unit, but they still hit super hard. Uh, but you, and especially the Judicar as well, has precision. So if someone charges in and they can get the Judicar in, he can snipe out characters, with a character if they, you know, charge into them and him as well um i absolutely love this unit i absolutely love it i, I think that's i think they're fantastic and the, the points drops that's recently come out in the most recent balanced data slate uh, i think they're 280 now 280 makes sense to me but i think mm -hmm. uh, and they're just fantastic i absolutely love them <laughs> okay. uh so manny uh, a comment from you maybe is this or has this taken the inspiration from i think the french captain of the wtc who was i think one maybe the only Black Templars player at the event, and he had a Crusaders list that no one actually understood what it does until they saw it? Or have you been considering using this unit before that? No, this one is this one is all Ed. <laughs> Ed all has right. been, yeah, Ed has been like, <laughs> you know what? I want to take Marines, maybe, to the Invitational. And, I was, and then he settled on the Grey Knights. He thought, you know, these are the best versions of the Marines because they have the most options. But one of the one of the versions that Ed went through to get through to the fact that he wants to take Grey Knights to the Invitational is when he was looking through all the Marines to take to the Invitational, he was like, oh, the Black Templars are pretty good. The points drops are pretty good. What if what if I take these squads? And that this was all Ed. Ed Ed loved this. And he this is this is Ed's thought here. Mm -hmm. Pick number two. Okay. Is, Pure Ed genius. <laughs> All right. Ed, so, how, so how do you how do you deliver them to to said combat? Like, the, do do they just foot slog across the table, or do you put them like in an impulsor or something, or uh, maybe something else? So so effectively, this unit is really slow. I won't lie. It's 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 one of its weaknesses. It's quite slow. Hence the question. So, 
<laughs> yeah, oh yeah, of course. Um, so what is basically you have one unit that's going to be able to advance and charge, which is going to be Growlithe's unit because he can let a unit advance and charge. Mm -hmm. um, but the, if you're going to use like big big units of twenty marines and all that sort of thing, the, the threat is insane. And you're trying with that with that sort of list, you're trying to outlast what your opponent's going to be able to do to you. Especially if you've got two bricks of the five build pain, that'll be armor for contempting. Uh, if you can fit in the Terminator brick as well, you can have the Terminator brick. That's that's pretty tough in um, Black Templars, mm -hmm. and effectively it, it it just it survives. It takes it takes uh, fixed secondaries. It doesn't. If, if you don't, if you if the idea is if you don't have to get into combat to win the game, you don't have to, right? If you if you if they can't kill you fast enough before, you know, you outscore them, then that's the idea of the list, right? So in, in, in how you get them there is one unit that can advance and charge, but also um, there's a, there's a strat. That's really it's really quite good. Um, if you get shot and lose your model, it's basically like the berserkers. It's like berserkers, like blood surge. You can move d six inches. Now, if you're in a specific vow, you can go automatically six inches instead. Um, but uh, but that's quite good as well. Just to, it's one of those things that can sort of either uh, get get something to touch more forward, so you can reach those uh, reach those charges. Um, but as I say, it's not a fast army, but you can use them in Gladys Task Force. So that means you would get you get the doctrines, so you can get army wide advance and charge once, which is rather nice. Um, but you do lose all the Black Templar buffs and gimmicks then. So I think in answer to your question, there's not really a trick. The idea mm -hmm. is the, the idea is you walk forward, sit on objectives, don't die. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's a tactic. Uh, yeah. But I, I I can understand how they immediately get this sort of target on their backs and uh, th there might be armies like Tau again that potentially might want to get rid of them quickly. Uh, question is how efficiently can they do it? Yeah, Tau quite yeah. efficient at it, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, no surprise there. But, you know, going into this unit, let's say the unit wants to get into combat. So how does it fare against probably, as I said, one of the bogeymans uh, of, of, of the meta right now. So either Necron Warriors or Lich Guard. Is this something like, you know, an epic fight that will start turn two and last until the end of the battle? Or actually, do they have the the punch to punch through the, the, the sword and board Lich Guard? Uh, the sword and board Lich Guard can be tougher. However, the amount of it, like, it's like, it's like Hellbrecht's unit. To put it into perspective, it's like if because you've got a unit of ten, that you that my unit of twenty is going to connect and it's going to get a lot of like most of its attacks in, if not all. So you've got um, ignoring the three power fists and the thunder hammer for a sec. So you've got sixteen dudes. Sixteen dudes. We'll do some math, shall we? Sixteen times four is uh, what? Four sixty-four. Um, sixty-four. Hitting on threes, re-rolling, but exploding fives. So I believe that's like seventy or seventy-five hits ish, something like that. that. And then the strength six, uh, tough, Lich Guard of toughness five, correct? Yep. So they'll be win on fours because they'll be minus one to wound because Lich Guard. Um, so if you're looking at about uh, 54. Oh, oh, you got full rerolls, yeah. Full rerolls, yeah. So 54 Oof. to 55 wounds at AP2. That will kill 10 Lich Guard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you've yeah, got absolutely. the three power fists, the Thunder Hammer, Hellbrecht. You know, it, it any anything, any Necron brick that decides to put itself in front of that unit is going to disappear in one round of combat. So is overkilling an issue? Like, because it could go the other way. Like, you, you packed such a punch that there isn't actually, I don't know, maybe Custodes Warden, but I don't, I don't know. Custodes don't have blocks of 10 anymore. So so it's 
it's probably not an issue. But like Lich Guard, Warriors, and so on, aren't you worried that you, you are bringing too much punching power onto the table? Uh, no, because you might you probably don't have 20 by the time you get into combat, right? Because obviously you get shot on the way in and all that sort of thing. Because they're slow. So you, you're probably going to get shot on the way in. Um, but yeah, I, I, in, in the Necron game, they, they do do a lot of damage. I've, I've, I've tested the Necron game with the Crusaders. They're they're insanely good, especially the fight's first unit. Because you, you basically, you, you see the unit that's going to going to be charging you, um, and you, you oath it. <laughs> you're like, charge me, my fight's mm -hmm. first Udicar unit, and I'll have full rerolls, and I'll activate a strap for plus one AP. I'll attack you. Uh, but that one doesn't have exploding fires, but it still does a number. Um, it's it's I quite I quite like the uh, Crusader units. They're really good. Um, but yeah, it's, you've it's made it clear. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I can't I can't I can't stop mentioning them. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. It's going to be great to to actually see you know them being put to action uh, at the event. So. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, but time is passing quickly, so let's move on to number three. Uh, Money, yeah. do you want to go with your number three? Yeah, um, pick number three. Uh, I think this is where it comes a bit more of you got to go <clears throat> best combat units in the game. You got to go right. Which ones are we going to see? And also, cost effectiveness has to come into it at some point. Like we know, Abaddon and his Terminators. We put them in number one because they they hit so flipping hard. It's a 700-point unit, though. You know, 10 Terminators and Abaddon is 700 points. Yeah. But, yeah, they do hit very hard, and we've talked about how hard it is to deal with them as well. That's why they're in number one. But cost-effectiveness has to come in at some point. And for that reason, Accursed Cultists is number three for me. Not just on their own as well. I think on their own, probably not, but with a dark commune. So Accursed Cultists with a dark commune in there, this unit is only 245 points. So less than 250, basically. 200, let's say it's a 250-point squad. And that is a maxed-out Accursed Cultist unit. So 10 regular little dudes and six of the big ones. I think the big ones are called Torments or something like that. Mut torments, Mutants yes. and Torments or something. So yeah, the, the six big Torments is where the damage comes from. Now, six big Torments, and then the Dark Commune is this, you know, five-man five unit, which is added on. And they have a lot of strengths. Number one being, adding the Dark Commune in there gives you two very big things. So we're going to talk about them as a unit in their own right. So let's say they're not by Abaddon, so they don't have a 4 plus invulnerable save. Because Abaddon likes to use the rerolls most of the time. Anyway, the rerolls bubble. <laughs> the Dark Commune, I think, is criminally undercosted. Because the Dark Commune is only 55 points. Mm-hmm. And for what you get is insane. So it's a 55-point squad. Once per, as long as the demagogue's alive, just the demagogue character model, as long as he's alive, the entire unit has a 5-plus invulnerable save. Now, when it's such a big unit, giving them all a 5-up invulnerable, that itself is worth 55 points. Absolutely. Yeah. But then you also give two more key things. The first one is once per game, again, as long as the demagogue's alive. So it's all about this demagogue. As long as he's alive, you can give the whole squad... Advance and charge, plus one to hit, and plus one to wound. Now, the first time I played against them, I was like, oh, which one are you going to choose? <laughs> and my opponent was like, what yes. do you mean choose? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you get all three. And I was like, wow. He was like, yeah, you get advance and charge, and plus one to hit, and plus one to wound. And that is where the damage comes from. That's where the power comes from. And on top of that, you know, if you make them undivided, 
which is what I'm doing in the Invitational list. Um, when they charge, you can use the Undivided Strat and they get full rerolls to hit and wound. Now, when you've got full rerolls to hit with plus one to hit and exploding sixes, then full rerolls to wound with plus one to wound, you end up doing a hell of a lot more damage than what a 250-point unit should do. And the third key thing the Dark Commune gives you is the Dark Commune has the grenades keyword. So it lets the squad throw grenades and do mortal wounds as well, which I think at 55 points, being able to throw grenades, give a unit advanced charge plus one to hit, plus one to wound once, and then five up invulnerable save all the time is amazing. But there's one sneaky little trick in there that I don't think very many people realize, and I think this is exactly how it works. So if you read, you know, the leader ability and the bodyguard, you know, having bodyguard units. If you read it properly, you've essentially given four extra ablative wounds with a five-up invulnerable save to the torments. Because the torments are the ones you want to keep alive. So there's ten guys in there that are toughness four, one wound each. They do have a five-up invulnerable, six-up feel no pain, so they do take some killing. But you can kill the four guys in the dark commune before you take any torments off. Because the rule says... Um, each time you allocate a wound to a model in the squad, you may not allocate to a character model in the squad. But the only character model in the squad is the demagogue. He's the only model with the character keyword. The other four guys don't have any keywords and they don't really give you anything either. This unit only relies on the demagogue. So you can kill those four little guys off as well before the torments take any damage. So for that reason, they're right in there. And when they're advancing and charging, if we talk a little bit about their attacks, they average. We'll only talk about the big guys because the big guys are where all the punch comes from. Mm -hmm. But if you use your advance and charge turn and then you use the, the stratagem for the undivided, you're getting an average of 33 attacks with the, with the torments uh, because they get D6 plus 2 each. So it's 6 D6 plus 12 attacks. So that itself is 33 attacks. Then you're hitting on threes with full rerolls and exploding sixes, which is averagely about 36 to 39 hits or something like that. And then when you're strength five with plus one to wound and full rerolls to wound with AP one and two damage, or the maths on it, if you have a few of the little guys alive as well, you'll kill a 20-man Necron brick in one squad, in one shot. In one shot now, yeah. for a 240-point unit, that's pretty impressive. That's why I've put them up so high is because I think for their points... They are incredible. Mm -hmm. And then they have they have a lot of tricks. Like they are they have the race guard ability. That's the ability of the squad. Like, you know, every single data sheet in the game pretty much has an ability on their data sheet. Theirs is the race guard one. So they bring back well, the spirit seer one essentially. They mm -hmm. bring back three little models every every command phase or one torment. But they've not been fixed like the Wraith Guard did. So it's in each player's command phase, you can bring three models back. So if someone shoots and only kills like 10 models, the 10 little guys, three come back in my command phase, then three come back in your command phase, six are back and you've only killed four. But what that lets you do is chain. So, you know, if I sneakily put one guy out on an objective and you shoot them with some Eldar and you kill like five models, fine. And then three come back because it's three coming back and not one. You can go two inches, put two down. And then two more inches and put one down. And that the coherency there is legit. And you gain five and a half inches 
of movement and then you can advance and charge from there so there's loads of tricks involved and they're tough and they hit like a brick i think it's a no-brainer having them in there for their points yeah i played uh against them for the first time with my tyranids army and i had like you know before or i think i was testing the the codex when it came out and i was playing like the synaptic nexus so i had like two exocrines, two units of zoanthropes, and so on, shooting at one unit of those accursed cultists. Not only did I not kill it, but it almost, all, well, it didn't return to full force, but at the end of the game, the unit was almost at full force again. And then when they when they touched my exocrine, it just evaporated. So, uh, yeah. fun, fun times. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ed, so I imagine you have uh, helped to play test this, uh, sorry, to play test this. Uh, what was your impression of playing against that? And have you find like have you found a, a you know a golden solution to the accursed cultist problem? <laughs> well, uh, I I'll be honest, I haven't I don't think I've played against the accursed cultist yet. I've, I think I've, I've played against like one unit, right? I, I, not that that's about it because we haven't tested it too much. Because Manny, Manny can do it all in his head. It's 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 wild. Mm. So, <laughs> but uh, I've 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 seen it played on a TTS game. I've seen the things that beat it. It's it's basically anything with a ridiculous amount of shots, right? So like Votan. Uh, Tau, maybe? Yeah, Tau, because they've got all the cyclics, right? Um, they have a pretty good time into it, I think. Um, but uh, but there's still so many models to kill. And if you play too aggressively into it, then and, you know, they spike on the four pin buttons, which they'll have, because they're not going to give you units without four pin buttons in that game. Um, they can definitely just like uh, uh, clap back. So it's, it's one of those lists that you can't be too aggressive into it because if you bounce, then they'll just go, ah, here's a hundred models. <laughs> yeah, and, and you cannot really tie them up in combat either because they, they are wow. just so efficient in the combat that they will erase you before you blink. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the issue. And I think, and also they, they, they play the secondary game really well, which is, you know, interesting. Yeah. And they're, they're, super, they're super tough. They've got sh- shed loads of attacks. Um, they're fast. Uh, the plus one to hit, plus one to wound is wild. It means you go even the even the little dudes, right? Even the little dudes, you've got like what? How many how many little dudes in the unit, man? Is it seventeen? Uh, no, um, it's sixteen models total. 16. So it's, it's ten baby dudes, mm. uh, plus the four guys in the dark home unit which are expendable. So you have fourteen sure. expendable guys, and mm. then six torments. So it's fourteen expendable guys with a five up invulnerable, with a six yeah. up feel no pain. Yeah. They do take some getting through to actually do. The damage to the yeah. big guys. I like it four saves because it was four attacks each or three attacks each, something like that. Like it, it, if they get if they get the full rerolls, exploding sixes, all that sort of stuff. Like with plus one to wound as well against like baby knights, you're forcing what six or seven, maybe even eight saves with that. Those dudes. No, it's, it's even more. Like oh, there you go. <laughs> you know the maths. Just, <laughs> yeah, just those ablative guys. I mean, say your your big guys go in and they leave a knight on two wounds. Mm. You know, you you don't quite do what you should, and you leave a knight on two wounds. The little guys actually have 20 attacks. They have two attacks each. There's 10 of them. So, you know, forget the character. Forget the dark communes. Before they even fight, just the babies have got 20 attacks. But when they hit on threes of full rerolls and explosions, they get like 22, 23 hits. And then even against a vehicle, they get the, because they have the plus one to wound, they're wounding on fives, but then full rerolls. So even yeah. if you've got 22 hits, you get seven wounds, reroll the other 15, there's another five. So you're forcing 12 saves. So yeah. Something could be toughness 12. And you're forcing 12 saves on it. So yeah. if if the uh, torments leave something alive on a couple of wounds, the cultists will actually slap through. And that's where the, the Necron smashing through in one turn comes. Because yeah. even if you leave, say the Necrons roll very well and there's still six warriors left. 
when you get 22 hits with these little guys, you're actually wounding them on threes with full rerolls. So you make them take like another 18 saves. So even just the chaff models in this squad will kill like 10 Necron Warriors. Yeah. That's the power of it. And that's why I think they deserve to be in there. Like for 240 points, I can't think of a better unit for 240 points in combat. No, oh, yeah. I don't think so. I mean, yeah, like Primaris, Primaris Crusaders are only ten points more, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, nah, but then, but then yeah, you've got to put there. the character in as well, you know. And they oh, go over three hundred, and oh, yeah. that's why I think I'm just like point for point, they are yeah. great. They are, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. No, no discussion about it. But again, is there any way to efficient, efficiently deal with it? Yes. Yeah, so, so these are actually easier to deal with an Abaddon's unit because. They don't have the benefit of Abaddon's unit of being every mark. So you can't use the Nurgle Shrad to make them untargetable mm -hmm. and then the Undivided Shrad. So you've got to choose what they are. And I think the only reason they're so powerful in combat is it because they are undivided. Because the okay. strap for the four year to hit wound is where most of their damage comes from. So because of that, you can't be untargetable or anything like that. And like we said, anything with a bucket load of shots is what's going to do this. So like we say, like Tau, Votan, with a Hearth Guard brick, things like that. An Aggressor squad, yeah, okay. you know, yeah. something like Aggressors, that will. Something that can put in like eight shots in one go. That's the kind of thing you're looking at if you want to deal with them. All right. Happy we reiterated that because that, that's the most important bit for our listeners, I guess. That they're going yeah, to face how to it. How to erase them, if erasing is even an option. All right, we're moving on to number four. Uh, yeah, Ed's Ed, got a really nice take on unit number four. Go on then. We're going on to the Space Marines again because they're my favorite bros right now. Uh, we've got, <laughs> yeah, we've got Deathwing Knights. Deathwing Knights. Mm. So Dark Angels have been creeping back in again. Uh, well, they never really left because um, the Land Raider tech uh, has been existing with the aggressors and all that sort of thing, and that's that was really interesting to see. Um, but the Deathwing Knights, I think, are one of the top armies, one of the top units in the, um, for, the for combat. Mainly because of just how durable they are for their points. Like they're 495 points, I believe. Um, and they're one of the key pieces that the Dark Angels use as an anvil, whilst everything else does their job. So the minus one damage, uh, two up. You've got, and also one of the key parts of this is the captain with um, Adeptic Codex, keeping the tactical doctrine. So it basically means that on the turn, that where they're going to come and engage with your Deathwing Knights, whether it be combat or shooting, you could make it. We can make it awkward to so make them have to cut an angle to get close to you to be able to shoot you. Then the captain can use uh, the, I believe it's called adaptive strategy, lets you move after if they move within nine of you. And it's a, and and if, if you're in the tactical doctrine, which they count as being in from the adaptive codex, they get to move six. So it makes it really awkward to engage into. And they're super durable anyway, uh, minus one damage. And whenever they, they get shot at, it's because arm of contempt is a battle, battle tactic. So that's going to be free every time they get shot. Two per save, armor for contempt, cover, minus one damage. And if, you, and if you've got that one, if you've got like um, something that does lots of mortals to them, once again, they're just going to activate the Watcher in the dark and have a four up against it. Um, so they're they're really obnoxious to, to kill. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and it's the minus one damage, to be honest, because there's so much damage to two in the game. It, it, like it's the, the Votan just can't deal with them. Like uh, we've, we've I've, tr I've tried that out. So much AP one and AP two, and there's lots of AP one and two in the game. It's damage too, like cyclics, um, uh, which which are on the Tau battle suits. You've got the Votan, which is lots of all the Sagittarius shots and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's even when you look it down to like even damage for shooting into these things or damage for combat into this these things isn't going to drop a Terminator if it goes through. Or, or is because I think they're four wounds each with the Storm Shield, so they 
damage three doesn't kill terminator so yeah these guys are really really tough um and you know i, I think they can wrap they can rapid ingress as well mm -hmm. i've seen that i've seen that used against in the eldar game S super super hard to deal with um and when they're on an objective they're really hard to remove really really hard to remove so is the general plan with them to just you know move them uh up to the middle of the table hold the middle objective and just sit there for days or or do you have like a specific utility for them well it depends on what the, it depends on what game you're playing like if you're playing a game where they can survive that they can, they can just sit there and uh, because also if you look at it look at it this way if if your opponent has um if you're both playing tactical let's say you're both playing tactical objectives or you're or, or let's say i'm doing cleanse and deploy and they're doing mm -hmm. tactical um for them to uh, if, if you've got um a terminator unit in the middle of the board you can you deny a few secondaries like area denial, you just can't do it. Like if, if you've got that terminator brick in the middle, you, you you're never going to get area denial. And it's these turns when the, when the, someone has tactical against you, where they're scoring zero on these secondaries that should just be easy. Do you know what I mean? Like if if you get these secondaries normally, you're like oh cool, that's a five point there, that's a five point there. Or even if it's um there's secure no man's land and extend battle lines. One of them you need to have two of them in the in in you know in no man's land to be able to get the full five points. That's another one it denies. Um, and also, their threat range isn't anything to sniff at because of Gladius Task Force. They can advance and charge once once turn for the assault doctrine. So if they get to the middle of the board and they're sat there, and and people try and shoot you, or they, you know, they're going to be shooting you in between, and they don't remove enough of them, um, you could have a unit of Deathwing Knights like, in your deployment zone in some of the maps. <laughs> it's 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 really tough, and especially with rapid ingress, you can use you can either use them as an anvil uh, in certain games, or you can use them aggressively. So. If you rapid ingress, you know, to the Deathwing Knights, uh, to like nine inches, nine, nine inches away from something, nine inches away from them, um, they're moving five, advancing and charging. So let's say you roll like a three on your advance, you've got a one inch charge into something. And again, if someone gives you gives you an opportunity there with those Deathwing Knights, having ten Deathwing Knights in your deployment zone is scary. <laughs> it's uh, they're, they're really and they're really hard to deal with. Yeah, it goes without question. All right, Manny, uh, your thoughts on the Deathwing Knights? Anything that you want to add? Um, no, not really. They they are a they are a great, fantastic unit. I think um, like the ways to play against them are quite interesting. I think um, mm. because they are, like Ed said, they're such a stat check unit with the you know the um, armor of contempt they can use minus one damage they have with four wounds each. It's hard to get through them. I think one of the better ways to play them, to be honest, is playing around them. So they can only be in one place. If they're holding down the objective in the middle, you need to figure out ways of playing for the two on the flanks, plus your home one. So you need to try and out-objective them and play the mission against them. Because like Ed said, their points are pretty steep. Like them mm -hmm. with a character is like 500 and something points. It's yeah. over a quarter of your opponent's army. So if you can kind of render them in one place in the game, there's, there's that play. Um, I think the only reason you should engage them is if you can pick up a good four or five in one in one go. If mm -hmm. you can smack half the unit in the face, it's pretty good. Um, I think their other weakness is their OC. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, I wanted to ask about that because yeah, for example, usually, right, yeah, crazy. that's the thing. Like, I was I wouldn't hesitate to charge in the cultists, the accursed cultists, mm -hmm. because I think the accursed cultists, they're I, I think I believe they're OC two. 
Yeah, they are. So they're not troops, but they're OC2. So you could charge your Curse Cultists in, even if you only kill, like, three Terminators. Say you only kill three Terminators. When the seven hit your back, am I wrong here, Ed? They have three attacks each, do they? I think it's a touch more than that. And the issue, the issue is here, they hit on twos. That's that's the that's the issue. Um, yeah. like yeah, so uh, so they've got a flail of unforgiven on the uh, main dude, who, which is five attacks, sustain hits. So the hill does get five hits. Uh, strength is safe for two two damage, and they've got maces of absolution, which are on twos, four attacks each. Um, four attacks each. But I still don't know if that kills a squad. Right? What's so the uh, Strength six AP one three damage. Three damage. Yeah, so they they could do. It's like say you kill three of them, so they have six of those maces, twenty four attacks back on you. Um, they're hitting on twos with full rerolls, 24 hits, say they got. Um, but then they're wounding on threes with rerolls, so they got rerolls. It's like 20 saves. Um, if you've got like if you've got only a five up in one, that's like 13, 13 go through or something. So you're killing all the little guys, yeah. I, I also don't think that, um, I, I also don't, I also don't think that that unit will have rerolls against you because you have three accursed units in that list, right? So I, I, I can't choose oath proactively so you just be like i'll just charge the one that you don't have rerolls against yeah it depends what you're going with and things like that so if you don't have the rerolls to hit and wound it's only then like 20 hits 14 wounds it kills yeah. like seven of the little guys and, and at that you point you're like okay i've got three little guys i've got six of the big guys and a few dark communes i'm actually still like oc 23 absolutely absolutely so i think and, yeah. that's the way to deal with them you either engage them with things that can out oc them and survive Mm -hmm. um that they're going to take a few turns to get through or you play around them i think those yeah. are the the yeah. ways to play games are definitely nice yeah. and movement and movement manipulation as well like if, oh, as soon yeah. As Ed, yeah as soon as Ed's you can down, hit them with a night spinner <laughs> yeah it's like oh i shot you with a night spinner before you got onto the main onto the middle objective enjoy that three inch move uh, <laughs> it's like you know it, the movement manipulation is very powerful into them um yeah. but yeah I mean, I, also another another good thing about charging with the accursed or charging that can survive and stuff um, a lot, a, a few of these lists build around cleansing for teleport homers. Now, if you can put a unit into the Deathwing Knights that's going to survive, then they they're not cleansing. So you have to put another unit on there, yeah. but then they have to control it. So the accursed cultists are on there, so you can't cleanse anyway. And if you yeah. start denying fixed secondaries, you win games. Like it's just how it goes. Like if you yeah. if you if they're cleansing like one a turn, I think it's two points for cleanse on one objective money. Um, yeah. yeah, that's not enough secondaries. Not at all. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're going to win the game if you're scoring, if one of your fixed secondaries is two a turn rather than four or five. Yeah, when we touched on the topic of OC, my thoughts immediately went to uh, Necrons and Necron Warriors and the Command Barge oh. assisting them, which essentially yeah. like boosts their OC to three. So you can have, you know, I don't know, two blobs of Necron Warriors in the middle and the, the, you're just not taking that objective ever. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. I do think they, that the Dark Angels win the, game, the Necron game because the aggressors, because they're animals. True that. <laughs> yeah, but if they, if they you know, wrap you in combat, for example, they don't intend sure. to even win that combat, but they can hide in combat and then uh, they can sit there for days again. Yeah, uh, sure. But yeah, but, but definitely a unit that needs to be taken into consideration if anyone is preparing for for a major event like the lgt goes with that question uh so let's leave it there uh and let's move on to number five who wants to take number five yeah so um number five this is when you start going into ones that we'll see a little bit less of um but in my opinion for still for hitting power it's an interesting one because they did take a nerf um but i think custodian guard I think if you've got a unit of five custodian guard, um, there's two ways to to go about it. You either have Trajan, 
in the squad so that they don't take any modifiers for anything. But I believe like the LGT uses a different, uh, they use an FAQ for that where minus one damage actually does work against them, which I don't understand really. Um, because he's supposed to ignore all the modifiers. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure about that. But a blade champion with five custodian guard is the way to go, in my opinion. Because um, the blade champion, like we were saying, uh, these these units are effective because of their ability to get in as well. Not just how hard they hit. So where a few of the other units here lack, like, for example, the Deathwing Knights and the Primaris Crusaders... The Blade Champions Custodian Guard Squad doesn't really lack in that department because they move six, they advance, and the Blade Champion gives re-rollable advances, and then they can advance and charge once per game, and the Blade Champion gives re-rollable charges as well. So they're advancing with re-rollable advances and then charging with re-rollable charges. And one of the main strengths of this Custodian Guard unit is I think most of the time you're going to have four spears and then one guy with a shield and a vexilla. And I think that's because it makes them OC3, which is very good. And then the minute you've got a blade champion and five of these charge in, you are OC18. And that's very important because one of the, you know, the strengths of the custodian guard unit is that when they fight somebody, if they are controlling an objective, you get full rerolls to wound. So, you know, you got you got these five of these guys and the Blade Champion charging into something. If they manage to take control of the objective with their OC-18, all of a sudden you've got like 20 attacks from the Spears. Um, hitting on twos, most likely sustained. So 20 hits, averages out at exactly the same. Mm -hmm. But then full rerolls, strength seven with full rerolls to wound, AP two, damage two. Then the Blade Champion on top of that with like five attacks, strength six, minus three, flat three damage, full rerolls to wound, devastating wounds. He's the right character to have in that squad as well. So I think they're very, very good because as well, they're not too expensive. Like, you know, we mentioned the, the Deathwing Knights are like 500. Abaddon's unit is like 700. Well, this unit, five of them in the Blade Champions, only 350 now. So, it's you know, it's pretty pretty good for its for its points, I'd like to say. And um, yeah, they, they hit quite hard. And you can do certain things like put ceaseless hunter on the blade champion so if somebody moves within nine of them to counter charge them they can just move away and stuff like that so they they do have little tricks like that they can use minus one damage uh, as a stratagem they can use always fights first mm -hmm. if they're controlling an objective so that is another really strong thing about them is if they fight other combat armies they have a distinct advantage in the fact that any of the squads in their army can just always fight first if they're on an objective. So they could, they have the advantage against combat of charging in, getting full rolls to wounds. So they're wiping out quite a, quite a few combat units in the game. Then when they get countercharged, they go, okay, I'm going to always fight first. And I'm still on the objective, so I get full rolls to wound again. And I'm probably going to kill you before you hit me. So that, that's why I really like them. And they're mm, the yeah. number five pick for me. Ed, do you think that custodes or custodies are going to be as prevalent at the LGT as before the, the balanced data slate? Or has the data slate actually hit them hard enough to uh, push them away from that top, I think, top five, top, maybe even top three spot that they had before the, the, the data slate? Yeah, they've been hit 
I think they've been pretty, pretty hard. I think they've, been, I think they've, uh, it's, it's the fact that you can't get the big bricks anymore, right? The big bricks was very, very tough to deal with. Do you remember we were talking earlier about what deals with the Badlands unit? So something that could fight first um, and do enough damage. That Blade Champion unit, or any, any custodian unit for two CP, right? But if, that, if a unit of 10 with like that much OC with the full rolls to wound can do so much damage. Um, and you know, but that's but now with the five mans, I don't think you do enough damage to threat to do damage to like kill enough terminates and a baddon. Maybe the blade champion can if he like you know has precision or can do the uh, epic challenge, um, stratagem and stuff. But will they be as prevalent? I don't think so. I, I think I think they won't be as popular because I just don't think they do what they used to do as well as they you know used to do mm -hmm. as it were. So yeah, okay. I don't think they'll be as prevalent. All right, so let's. Yeah, leave. I do agree with that. Uh -huh. Yeah, money, go on. Yeah, I, I do, I do agree with that. I, I totally agree with that. They, mm. they won't be seen as much, but the re the reason why they made it into me is because I was, I was thinking more about like in general and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my opinion, um, because I, I used custodies last weekend. Yeah, you so did. You'll be, uh, you'll be surprised points. here. I got ninety-eight <laughs> points out of a hundred. I was the top scoring wow. player on our team, which is kind of uh, weird and wacky. Dan was using Eldar. And David was using CSM. So that was all of my good armies taken up already. Mm -hmm. And I was like, tell you what, guys, I'll use my custodes, you know, because I've been using them as a bit of a painting project. So I thought, you know, I'll play my custodes. Got 98 points out of 100. Because I think in a team's environment, they are one of those armies where they have one or two bad matchups, but they yep. can give everybody else a solid game. I was on yeah. Grey Knights. Yeah, Grey Knights so are they're, awesome. they're stronger in a team <laughs> than they are in singles. Yeah. yeah, and the and the the the, the their usual. Th I mean, on one hand, I'm, I'm trying to recall what was the 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 direct counter to them at the WTC. One was guard probably because one yeah. they could make them slow. Two, they had the damage to actually um, destroy the, the 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 units of wardens or or guard. And then now. Guard is not maybe not as strong because they also got some nerfs, but then Tau came in their place. And uh, yeah. as far as I know, the Polish Tau uh, at the WTC was specifically designed to destroy Terminator bricks, Warden bricks, Guard. And now bricks. they're even cheaper. Exactly. Yeah. So so they just switched places, and uh, there there is a hound count, hard counter to that. So we will see yeah. a lot of Tau. <laughs> we yeah. will yeah. see probably, a lot probably of we will probably we will a lot of Tau. And then right. Ed, Ed went straight after my heart with number six. Uh, he <laughs> went for my favorite in. faction. He went for he went for a unit yeah. for my favorite faction. I, I, like, I, yeah. I had to throw one in there for you, Manny. You know, so uh, the, the, the the this unit's had recently had a points drop, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, it's ten knobs, so ten knobs with power claws. We absolutely love this unit. So <laughs> I've just got some data, which makes sure I get my information right. So effectively. The, the Nobs with Power Claws, I believe they have three attacks each. Uh, yep, three attacks each. Um, with They hit on fours, uh, strength nine, AP2, two damage. So in the war, they're plus one strength and plus one attack. So they're strength ten, four attacks each. Um, and there's a strat for critical hits on fives. Obviously, they're orcs, so they've got sustained hits anyway. Um, so they effectively throw out 40 attacks at the fours to hit, exploding fives, AP2, and two damage. That is a monstrous amount of damage that'll drop crusader bricks with armor of contempt contempt it's it's very very powerful um and, and it's points it's points, it's points. It's one of the points 210 points 210 points and it goes into a 50 point truck or 60 point truck it's ridiculous mm -hmm. and then you put a war boss in there as well just to add some of the add some more damage 
Um, so it's only, if, it's only just over 300 with yeah. the transport. And like, the that's, that's great. Yeah, and, and the unit's minus one to wound if a war boss leads the unit. So it's not even like they're easy to kill. And in the war, they've got a five-up in fun. It's like, oh, no, it's only one turn, right? But it's the fact that they can uh, jump out and there's a stratagem, there's a stratagem that lets you put a unit into um, uh, into the war. You have the effects of the war. So you put a war boss in that unit. It gives them plus two move, plus two to advances, and plus two to charges. So that's an enhancement that they can get. So and effectively, you means you get to advance. You get to if you, you move your uh, five or six, advance plus two, and then charge plus two, and they just produce a monstrous amount of damage. And it's it's all for so cheap. I, I it's it, people are running the um, like little beast bosses in beast snagger units and stuff like that, which are also great into the uh, vehicle into, into vehicles and stuff. But this unit absolutely bangs. It's 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 awesome um it's it's awesome that we thought because we think we're going to see a, a few more all players now because <clears throat> they were teetering before they were just good they were just good before and now they i think they can put a lot of pressure on you on certain armies and builds like if orcs go first um into certain matchups they can just apply so much pressure and produce so many things that people have to deal with that the army can crumble so it's 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 cre it's created a really interesting um, army now for the orcs, and that unit is just one example of well, I think it's the best unit in the orc codex for combat, but it's just how point efficient it is. Like a war boss is sixty points or seventy points. Uh, war boss seventy points. Mm -hmm. The unit's two hundred and ten. That's two hundred and eighty. If you want, you put it into trucks. Well, uh, three hundred sixty points. Yeah, it's like three forty. Uh, That's points. what I mean. It's just yeah. just over three hundred, and yeah, it's wild. very powerful. <laughs> Absolutely wild. It's so fast. The threat range is very high because that enhancement on the war boss. Mm -hmm. So, how do they fare against the other units on the list, for example? So, uh, I don't know. Uh, okay. the, the, the knights. Okay, so should we, should we, so we go, we go to the knights first. So the knights is probably its least efficient one because the knights are the stat check to be obnoxiously hard to kill, mm -hmm. and these are all damage two, um, and you know uh, being damaged two into minus one damage is sad. We all know this, um, but effectively, I think they don't kill many, but I think they do kill a few. So let's have a work it out. We've got four, 40 attacks hitting on fours, exploding fives, full rerolls. That is about 50 hits. Um, they're strength ten, so they're twos to wound um so you'll drop eight of them let's say nine so let's have 41 wounds they'll probably armor of contempt is the issue here so they'll have a three up save so i think you'll probably fail uh 12 to 13 which you'll kill three or four then you've got the war boss so you might kill four or four maybe maybe five at a push so like they do but they, generally we were saying earlier that if you can go in and do enough damage it could be worth it could be worth it there, but I'm not sure if they survive the clap back from five Deathwing Knights. So I don't think they do great into the Death Knights just because they're AP2. AP2 However, there's something to be said about that's a 500 point unit you're going into. Yeah, exactly. If you kill half of them, well, it's worth it. You know, that's yeah, like yeah, unit's exactly. only 280. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's it's really good. And 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 plus, they're minus one to wound. So like all of the maces of absolution are only forced to wound them. And you know they're off the board. So I don't know if you can oath things off the board. I there was something there was a discussion about that a while ago. But I'm not sure. But effectively, they're quite hard to deal with. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's the others, right? Like, you, you oh, the, the, the other the Deathwing Knights. Yeah, Death Knights are like a proper stat check of yeah. your true damage. We mm -hmm. have minus one. We're armor of contempt. We have four wounds a model. Stuff yeah. like that. The Custodian Guard, just five Custodian Guard and Blade Champion, melt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A Curse Cultist, melt. melt. Um, Primary Crusaders, melt. melt. <laughs> <laughs> Abaddon's unit, 
melt. Probably Genuinely. melt, to be honest, yeah. Because like, Abaddon's unit of Terminators, they don't actually have very many defensive buffs there. Yeah. So, you know, they're only three wounds each. They don't have minus one damage. They can Armor of Contempt, but Armor of Contempt from Space Chaos is 2 CP. So yeah. a lot of the time, you will not have that in an Abaddon list to spare. So yeah. it's just, you know, wounding on two. It's like 41 saves, like we said. Yeah. That's 20 fails. That's the 10 Terminators dead. Yep. So the knobs will kill the 10 Terminators, and then the Warboss attacks will go down. Maybe you don't kill Abaddon, but... Cool. If you've killed a 10-man Terminator unit left Abaddon on two wounds with a 280-point Orc unit, doing that to a 700-point unit, that's worth it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, removing it, such it, a threat from the table is worth any points, to be honest. Yeah, right. yeah. So, it's uh, that's a great pick yeah. there, Ed. Great pick. <laughs> it's, a, it's a testament to... It's, it's, it's also a testament to their... Because we were talking earlier about we pick this unit based on the points, based off how it gets there as well. This unit will have absolutely no trouble getting into combat. Like, it won't get slowed down before it moves out and charges because it's going to be in a truck. You can't shoot something that's in a truck. Um, and so it's, it, 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 this unit is so fast. It has the plus two move. It's plus two charge. Like, ah, oh, it's, it's, it's so fast. There's so much damage. And as, as Manny said, like, against all the other units on this list, the only one it would not kill outright dead is the Deathwing Knights, but it is less than half the is, is less than half the points of the value uh, of Deathwing Knights. So it's like uh... a <laughs> sure, sure. great pick. Yeah. I think we should put them in number one personally because they're orcs and orcs is yeah, uh, they, the best. Orcs they, is they, the they win the, the moral victories, so to say. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. I don't. Oh, wait, I've just realised. I've been. Oh, sorry, guys. I've been talking about. I've been talking with Oath way too much. I don't think they get rerolls to hit. <laughs> Oh, look at it. They get plus one to hit. They get plus one to hit. It's three, six, bone five. So they don't kill the unit of Deathwing Knights. Uh, but they do it for 210 points. They still do a, 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 like a, a big number. So Yeah, because mm -hmm. the, the maths on that is the same as a Nurgle Forge Fiend. So it's, yeah. it's um, if you're hitting on threes, we have exploding fives. You should roll as many fives and sixes as you do ones and twos. So essentially, they get 40 attacks. They should get 40 hits. Yeah, there you go. So that, that's still hits, 40 hits at strength 10 AP2 yeah. damage. I just wanted to correct it. We were talking with Oath way too much earlier, and it's stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. No worries. Honest mistake. Uh, Ed, I see you're getting some some love from uh, our oh, good I. friend, Mr. Dino Cow. Uh, hey, Dino! Ed is my babe. Six hearts. Oh, I, I mean, oh, can, can you express love even stronger? No, you cannot. Love you, Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, let's move to number seven. Uh, who picked number seven and what? Is I picked number seven. Now, this is, in my opinion, it kind of goes to what we were saying earlier of what defines a good combat unit. And we were talking about point efficiency and all of that kind of stuff. And we were talking about their ability to get there. And then raw damage. The, most of this list is raw damage. Most of this, these six here, they hit very hard, right? But I think a unit that can get there and get to most places that influence a game in a big way and can kill characters and supporting units is just as hard-hitting and powerful, shall we say, as brute force. So for that reason, my number seven pick here is the Incarn. Because if you can pick up something small in your opponent's backfield, which Eldar have potential to do with 24-inch moving warp spiders and night spinners, they can pick up small units. 
And if the Incarn can pop up in your backfield and go, I'm going to kill this character that's giving the best buff to your army. Uh, I'm going to kill this supporting unit that's giving the best buff to your army. I think that counts as powerful, being able to just pick out units that are making your opponent's army work. If you can get in and pick those units out, and then you're also tough to kill, you can jump back away, all of those kind of things. That, to me, is a powerful combat unit. So for that reason, the Incon, it, it, like, it's, in my opinion, is no like no shadow of a doubt. It definitely makes it. I think that's yeah. a, it's an interesting take because well. it's a slightly different way of thinking about what a powerful combat unit is. But um, that's that's what I thought personally. Ed, would you, I mean, I understand that you've discussed this before our show, but do you agree? Do you also see the utility? Uh, do you fear that model when you face the Elder? I have to plan for that model. I'm not going to lie. Um, when, I write, when I write lists and when I, uh, I have to think about it because you got, as Manny said, it's the, the value of the Uncarn is you can take out a unit and then teleport over there, which is a massive pain. So if I'm, if you, I'm trying to give a think of an example. So there is a lot of armies that rely on, let's say, um, like a back for like, let's say the Eldar, that's Eldar is a good example. They've got like a uh, uh, they've got fortune to buff Wraith Guard. They've got all that sort of stuff going on. Now, if they, let's say, for instance, with the indirect as well, like a Night Spinner and the Young Khan, take out a backfield apiece, Young Khan teleports over, Flames as well, because a Flamer isn't bad. Like, the Flamer's she, pretty good. Yeah, the Flamer's pretty good. That'll kill, that'll kill like a, a yeah, fast like you're hero talking in like that, that game. Yeah, like you're talking in that game. The Fortune is so big. If yeah. you can teleport over there and go Flamer into Farsir, that should yeah. kill a Farsir. It should on average, because I think it's like... And, and then the charge as well could kill another another good character. You know, you could kill the Wayleaper, and they've yeah. lost their command point advantage. They've lost their loan op. They've lost yeah. fortune. That that it, that would impact the game yeah. in such a huge way. And it's really powerful, because basically, with one interaction with this, if it's placed correctly or or incorrectly from your opponent, as it were, if you if you shoot... Let's say you shoot a fast you with a Night Spinner and roll 260 to wound. It's just dead. Brilliant. And you teleport the young Khan over. Now, where the where if you if, where the young Khan turns up, um, if you turn up within twelve inches of that way leaper, you just flame the way leaper to death because you'll turn up, and um, they can't phantasm away. It's the shooting phase, and then you can charge. So you can it, it, it's that it's, 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 there's, there's lots of tricks you can do with that. Another example with the young Khan was, um, like if people, if people also forget about it. It's 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 one of those. I used to use um, Unari in ninth for a while, and it's like you got, you have you have situations where people would line up like everything to shoot, uh, you know, into the Uncarn or something like that, and um, they'll they'll just make the mistake and they'll shoot something else first, and you teleport over, or they'll or you know you'll interrupt with or you'll you'll interrupt with a unit at the wrong time, which will kill a unit, and then the Uncarn teleports over. There's lots of ways for, to get the Uncarn out of situations. Um, and if played correctly, the Young Khan is one of the. Well, I, I, it's why it's on the list. One of the most powerful combat, um, you, um, you know, models in 40k. Mm -hmm. So, Manny, if you were planning to bring Eldar, would Incarn make it into the list, or yeah. uh, do Eldari have? Uh, yeah, so, so much stuff. No, hundred that... percent. Like for me, uh -huh. the Incarn would go in there. The Incarn is just so useful. It's just yeah. so useful to not take. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, like the the kind of Eldar build I'm looking at, if I was if I was going to take. Eldar is, is like one Wraith Guard unit. I still think one Wraith Guard unit has a lot of play. Uh, I'd put the Incarn in there. And then I really like Shadow Spectres and Warp Spiders. So I personally would max out. So that if I'm thinking 
like when I said earlier, it might just have to be Eldar for me for the main event. That's kind of what I had in mind, like a Wraith God brick with a uh, Spirit Seer in there, Fate's Messenger, one Farseer to do fortune on him, the Incarn to be annoying and teleport round, and then triple Spectre, triple Spider. Just MSU, three units mm-hmm. of five Spectres, three units of five Warp Spiders. And I think that only takes me up to like 1,500. So I would have another good 500 points in that list. And that's the bit I haven't worked out yet. I don't know what what would be the, the thing that I would like most for those like 500 points there, but uh, very, very, very good there. Few good, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, I like it. Luke says the eight spots got to go. It's got to be ten angry jump pack DC boys with power fists and Lamartis. Yeah, to be honest, yeah, they would they have made the list somewhere. But uh, once we did Primarage Crusaders and then we did Deathwing Knight, Ed yeah. started to have this pattern of he's only going to choose Marines, and I was what? like, stop it, Ed, stop it. We know what the moment is powerful. Stop we it. Need variety. Critical hits on five. Yay! <laughs> so listen. Yeah, listen, guys. I I I wanted to ask a question because at the beginning of um of tenth edition, I think there was like this this uproar, uh, this I don't know massive reaction of disappointment about combat. I think one of the the people who who spoke the loudest about this was David Gaylord, who uh, said on his podcast that, uh, well, maybe combat is not gone, but a lot of like uh tactical aspects of it and skill manifestation aspect of combat is gone. Uh, since that time, since that episode when he released it, uh, a lot has happened and, and you know, new releases came out, uh, the WTC happened, people had the time to actually get familiar with the game more, uh, get acquainted with rules, uh, play it all out, different matchups and so on. Is that sentiment still true? Do you share it? Or is combat actually in a good place right now? And if not, is there anything specifically that you think could be done to make it better? Uh, Ed, I'll start with you. So um, I think a testament to answer this question is we were I, I was struggling to think of amazing combat units for my uh, fourth pick that wasn't in the Marine book. <laughs> um, so I think combat, I, I don't think combat's in as good place as it was in ninth. Ninth, it was a very powerful tool, and there was lots of units that could do it. Um, but I think now it's still leaning into a shooting game. I, I do, I do believe that. Um, and it is disapp- it was, It's it's getting better because the mm-hmm. combat units are coming de- as the combat units are coming down in price. You're going to see combat more in the game. Um, so I think it's. I think after this slate, but the one that's just come out, I do think there's going to be more combat than there was before. But will there be more or less? I don't know. Also, will, will, will there be, you know, you know, will combat become more prevalent in the meta? I don't know. I think it's still going to be a very huge meta because Tau just got all the points decreases. Um, Botan just had all their points decreases, both of which are very shooting reliant and very shooting heavy. Um, but on the flip side, you've had some points decreases on all the combat units as well. So I think you're going to see more, but not. it's not going to be prevalent. It's not going to be like combat's going to dominate the meta, mm-hmm. um, but it's just going to be more useful which is nice. Um, but I think as time goes on, and as they see, maybe, let's say the points decreases for world is aren't enough again, they'll come down again. And eventually that that combat will creep back into the meta and that'll uh, will creep back into the game. And I think it'll be better. Um, but at the start of the edition, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Making right. world is unusable was bad. <laughs> yeah. So, so a shared sentiment. Manny, how about you? Um, and then, um, you know, how yeah. to make combat better. Uh, is it by tuning down the shooting or 
tuning up or you know improving the combat or changing the rules of i don't know pylons consolidations charging what do you think yeah so um i, I agree with that that um sentiment by uh, david gaylord there that the um you know combat's not like the player uh, skill element have gone you know like you can't really leverage player skill in combat anymore um that was the disappointing thing for me like um i i, I think i was quite vocal about it as well when the when the, it came out like i was saying like i just had my world eaters done and stuff like that i was i really like combat like uh, co combat is my favorite part of the game i think it's more it's more fun um than just shooting armies um but also yeah the, the mechanics of how the combat works is the reason why you can't really leverage player skill anymore. And I think because the game is a shooty game, uh, the way to bring combat into the, you know, the fold properly would be to change the way that combat works again. Yeah. I think combat in ninth was, was great. I think combat should go back to kind of like how it was in, in ninth. Mm -hmm. Maybe right. I get that the annoying thing in ninth was that, if you charged into something and you charged a second unit in there, if the first unit killed it, the second unit kind of got a six inch free move. Mm -hmm. So I get that was frustrating. Maybe do something to change that. Like if you're not within engagement range of anyone anymore, you can't just move six inches close to the enemy. Like that was a bit crazy, mm -hmm. but the nuances of how to pile in, how to consolidate and all these little things that you had, you didn't have to base to base with everybody that could make it and all of that kind of stuff. Those things, in my opinion, would, you know, that that's where you leverage player skill and that's where there's another element to the game, which I think is very good for the competitive side of things. So I think, yeah, if they made the mechanics a bit similar to how they were in ninth, I think combat would be more prevalent. Yeah, and it also makes the game more varied. Like if you have both reliable gun line armies, but you also have reliable combat armies where... Uh, as you said, or as David said, the skill manifestation is strong. Uh, yeah. uh, they say that you win the game in the movement phase. Well, co you know, combat units are a, a perfect juxtaposition of both. So it's both yeah. movement and damage output. So uh, I, I can understand the sentiment how people are missing the combat from ninth edition. But yeah, uh, you know, uh, we can hope that <laughs> we can hope. no yeah. i mean so i i said that once when we were doing the episode about um the data slate and i, I I'll, I'll repeat it kudos to gw for well first of all kudos to the to, to the 40k community for being vocal about their dissatisfaction and for actually telling gw as a customer uh that they are unhappy uh, because clearly the company now listens and uh, and implements changes. So if we continue that dialogue, then probably together we can get to the point where the game is exactly what both sides want. So again, congratulations to the community, but also hats off to GW for actually listening. Maybe they could listen a little bit more, but yeah. still, we're listening. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I genuinely believe, like, no, no lie, genuinely believe they've done a good job with that balanced status slate. They've done a good job with it. A lot of armies have been, you know, bought into the fold that weren't seen as much before. A lot of armies that were being seen too much are being seen less now. My problem is Eldar were the top. And they still and with are. These nerfs that they've put in, yeah, everybody else has got a hit or buffed and stuff like that. But Eldar's still just top. Mm -hmm. That's the annoying thing. There are armies that weren't as good as Eldar, <coughs> custodies, <coughs> custodies, who got hit harder than Eldar. Yeah. And that or to me seems ridiculous. 
Yeah, exactly. That that to me just it just seems ridiculous. Armies that weren't performing as well as Eldar got hit harder than Eldar. That for me, that's just. I was like, okay, what did you really do? You you nerfed Wraith Knights, and made Phantasm Infantry only. Okay. <laughs> you nerfed time. you nerfed Wraith Knights. The and this was the problem for me is when they nerfed an army like Custodes. What I think what they didn't consider and what they maybe could do a little bit better in the future is when they nerfed things like Gene Steeler Court and Custodes, you have to realize Gene Steeler Court only had three good units, Acolytes, Neophytes, Aberrants. So when they put the points of all of them up and, you know, messed with the mechanic of how they work, Gene Steeler Court uh, get hit very hard. <laughs> Custodes, they made uh, Wardens and Guard more expensive, dropped the number of Guard and Wardens you can take and made all the characters more expensive. But those were the two best units and really the only two good units. Yeah, what I want so, to you know, then they get effective in a massive way. Problem is with Eldar, they had to realize, which I don't think they did, that Eldar have like 15 good data sheets. The, Great the data sheets. are wide, yeah. Yeah, so they nerfed like three of those. And now people are like, oh, I'll just use the other 12. Yeah, no biggie. That, that's the difference. I don't think they quite really more good units Eldar have compared to everybody else. So I think they got the Eldar nerf wrong. But the rest of the data sheet, I think, is is very good. They got Eldar wrong, and I think they got Custodes wrong. I think they hit Custodes a bit too hard. Mm -hmm. um, but the rest of it, I think, they, they did a great job. And they're, they're doing better. They are doing better. So like you say, we can hope. <laughs> For sure. Ed, Ed, your your final final comment on this? Because I, I heard you wanted to say something. Oh, that's what I was disagreeing. So basically, but basically, like, with, with the overall nerfs and stuff, I think, as, El, as Manny said, with Eldar uh, being... 15 good days that are so aggressively costed so even if they up the points a, a, a bit it's still very efficient and um elder elder are still top they are still our overlords unfortunately uh there are a few counters out there so uh lgt i'm gonna take a few of those meta chasing people down with me <laughs> so what's your what's your like if you wanted to bet some money on or on 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 an army that is going to to take the top spot at the LGT, uh, like from a you know, let's let's imagine for a moment that you are not going to the LGT, you are a bookie, and you just need to uh, bet your money on the right horse. Which horse is it going to be? I want if I, if I was a betting man, I'd say Dark a Dark Angels. Because I'm oh, sorry, a betting man, I'd say Eldar. But if I was say which one I want to win, I'd say Dark Angels. I'd like to see the Dark Angels win because there's some really good Dark Angels lists going about, and I do think they've got tech into certain matchups. Um, because I also want to see a, a, an army with a combat unit do well. So, <laughs> yeah, fair, absolutely. Uh, Manny, um, so I think um, it's got to be. You've got to go with Eldar. Mm -hmm. I think you've got to go with Eldar as the strongest because they're still just right up there. They don't really have very many counters, and they are very good into pretty much everything. They can have the tools to deal with most things. So I think Eldar are the favourites, in my opinion. But I think Chaos Space Marines, um, not the version that I'm taking the, uh, the invitation on, mm -hmm. but the version that we've seen, like people like Liam Vissel use. Uh, Liam, Liam Vissel is awesome. He's a great dude, and he's a very, very, very good player. Mm -hmm. um, and they've been using a more like MSU style Chaos Space Marine list that I saw. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that version can cause Eldar some problems and has the tools because everything is so cheap and operates exclusively in that list, it, there's a lot of threat saturation there. And I think an army like that actually has the potential to go the whole way. 
Yeah, if any, anyone is interested, we did mention this in the past, uh, but we can just I can just show it really quickly again. So what you're seeing on the screen right now is uh, basically the list by Liam uh, uh, that he took to the Polish team championships uh, CSM. And by the way, my bet also goes to uh, CSM. I think they took it last year and I think they can take it this year as well. Uh, this list is actually pretty, uh, pretty simple. If you think about it, three Lords, Cultist Mob, Rhino, and then Chosen, 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 Forgefiend, 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 Obliterators, Obliterators, Warp Talents, Warp Talents, Warp Talents. That's, and the Ringlings, uh, as you said. But it's strong. Uh, it is strong. It, it is. is strong. He brought you know, it, 100 it looks points. Simple. Yeah, it looks simple, but it's it's super strong. And it works very well together. The threat saturation is there. Everything is costed aggressively. And so there are the, combat you know, units they, in it. <laughs> yeah, there are combat units in it. That's the most important thing. So but the trade is nice like when we said obliterators obliterators the important thing to note there is they were two mans not four mans mm -hmm. so you know it's 170 points 170 points forge fiends are 180 points then the chosen bricks the characters in only like 100 and something warp talents are only 100 points like everything is costed very well to trade and it's very it's efficient a that. very very good trading army so mm -hmm. i think something like that i think eldar or that style of csm yeah. yeah yeah all right and i think that is a good way to to finish the episode because we 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 know what you guys are betting on we've heard your top seven of of the the units uh which is amazing and thank you for that again and for coming so well prepared for this uh so yeah what well, we did speak about Glasshammer at the very beginning but maybe is there anything that you want to plug or make sure that our viewers know where to find you guys Oh, yeah, sure. So um, we have our website, glasshammergaming.co.uk. Um, you know, we we sell all things uh, hobby and game-wise, not just Warhammer 40k, but also for your Age of Sigmar needs and all the card games, Magic, Pokemon, all of that kind of stuff. And if you're local, you know, guys, if you're listening, um, you know, if you're listeners from England and you're listening, we're, we're based in Telford. We have a store called The Glass House in Telford uh, where we have like 16 tables. So there's lots of space to come and play games. Join our community, you know, if you live locally. And uh, we have a bar. Yeah, it's always good having a bar. We and, a bar. Uh, you know, you can find our YouTube channel, also just Glass Hammer Gaming and stuff like that. And, you know, feel free to come over to us in uh, in events and just have a chat with us yeah. about anything you want, if you need any um, advice for anything in 40K. So we, because we also have our coaching service, that is the main thing we're concentrating on right now. We have the Lancer service and the Elite service. Um, if you want to join up to those and become a member of the Glass Hammer family, so to speak. But yeah, feel free to come up to us in events and have a little chat with us about if you want to, you know, if you want to know anything or if you'd like some advice with anything always happy to chat to people is the chat uh, sorry the uh, the coaching service is it done both online and face-to-face -face, or is it just face-to-face -face? how how is it done so because it, I, it, I, I haven't heard about it yet yeah so it's purely online at the moment so we have a hmm. a lancer program um which is it's like a monthly monthly thing um but we we have like a a video call or a voice call every single week and, you know, we monitor how you're getting on, but also it's more of a one-to-one -one coaching thing rather than classes. I know there's mm -hmm. quite a lot of people out there that do very good classes, Vanguard Tactics being, you know, the perfect one. If you want to join classes, they are awesome for that. Mm -hmm. um, but we do like, it's more catered. So I personally do all of the coaching myself at the moment. And um, I think one of the strengths of it is because I can relate to pretty much anybody 
uh, going through their 40k journey because I wasn't somebody who came over from another game and was already very competitive. When I first started, I went one and four at my first event because I just went with some mates to to have a laugh. So I've been in the place where I'm trying to get one win at a tournament. Then I've been in the place where I'm trying to get more wins than losses. So trying to go three and two, then trying to, you know, go four and one and then trying a podium. So I can help people along like pretty much every stage of their personal journey. So it's a very, you know, it's a one-to-one personally catered for yourself coaching service. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. So to all our listeners, you know where to go. You know what to look for. I mean, Manny, Ed, I, I think they are very approachable. No problem to contact them via any social media anyway. So uh, so you can do that as well or visit their website. May also make sure that you visit our Patreon website that is going to be linked in the, in the description if you like what we do. Uh, obviously, we are going to be at the LGT if you want to stay up to date with what we do over there. If you want to get the notifications about us going live because we will be uh, doing live shows in between the rounds and then the summary of the round, oh, sorry, of the day at the end of the day in like a sports like studio, pretty much to what we've done at the WTC. Uh, then, yeah, hit the subscribe button, the, the alert button, so that you get all those notifications. And if you want to support us via Patreon, it's also very welcome because maybe finally we won't be needing to borrow equipment for people to actually do the coverage, but we will buy our own. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to help out with that that's very welcome and uh thank you in advance uh guys it's been an extreme pleasure to have you uh the chat with you is always amazing i'm looking forward to actually interviewing you at the event if you find time to to do that with us because i'm sure there's going to be a lot to talk about uh and for now just fingers crossed that you do as best as you can thank you very much bro thank you and thank you very much for having us on it's been really good fun as always chatting to you as a bit of pleasure mate bit of pleasure All right, then thank you. And to all our listeners, until next time. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.